Where is InsureTech headed next? This is where indie agents own the answer. Welcome to the Vertifor Insurance Podcast. Let's go. Guys, welcome back to another episode of the Vertifor Insurance Podcast, your favorite podcast of all time. Today, we have a very special guest, uh, somebody who, honestly, I would call a friend in the industry, someone who I would also call a mentor in many ways in the industry. She's had a wealth of experiences that, uh, you know, through conversation and just watching her work, I've been able to learn from. And someone who I hope you walk away from this podcast, uh, you know, feeling the same way and also just being filled with a a ton more knowledge and and honestly inspiration because she is, I don't think I can swear on this podcast, but if I could, she, she's, she's a, she's a female powerhouse. Okay. We'll put it that way. Um, And, you know, the other, the other parts of this conversation uh, that I'm really excited about, aside from you meeting her is there's there's been this evolution with insurance technology uh you know over the past three years and the agency's management system still has a place but in many ways i think it's been through a fitting process within the tech stack or suite of solutions that an agency has to have to really be competitive today and you know, one of the one of the solutions that's caused a lot of debate and chaos in the last few years is this idea of an insurance CRM, a sort of beefed up sales pipeline and service pipeline all combined in one that creates this 360 degree view of the customer. How does it work with an AMS? Do you need it? Uh, you know, what is it? Where is it going? How do these two things work together? all of which we're going to cover today. But first, um, I want you to meet Kat Turns, the CEO of Indium. Kat, welcome. Thank you, friend. I love that the last time we met in a podcast setting, I think we were both friendly, but like not officially friends yet. You know, we were very tentative and like both inspired by each other. And like over the last two years now, like I would absolutely like authentically very much call you friend and also a mentor. I appreciate the like mutual learning and respect we have for each other. So I like this reintroduction. This is fun. (laughs) I I appreciate that. That means a lot. Um, And yeah, I think the last time we did a podcast together was right after your big break. Uh, I mean, you've had a number of big breaks, but the one with Agency Zoom, um, where you had helped navigate the acquisition process and we were talking through the climate the culture, what that transition yeah. process was going to look like, what your future looked like, um, yeah. and now you're you're on to even bigger and better things. So well, we completely swapped too. At that point, you weren't part of Vertifor yet, and I was a day old right. in Vertifor life. That's right. And now you're part of Vertifor, and I left <laughs> and on the outside. So yeah, this has like been a fun, uh, probably not quite 24 months yet, but like you know, 18 months or so, like switcheroo. And yeah, it's. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, tell me, um, tell me a little bit about your your history. I I want to. I mean, I'd give the Sid Rowe version, but I don't <laughs> even think I would do it justice because you know you are just, you've just been through you. 
let's put it this way, you should write a book at some point. Um, so if you could maybe synthesize in, in one chapter, you know, what led you to Indium and how you really saw your career as this series of stepping stones, what, what was that story? Yeah, so I got my start in InsureTech at the shipyard, which is probably on very few people's radar today. Um, it evolved into Smart Harbor, which a few other people would probably still know. Um, and that's not to say it wasn't very successful, but it, after being there for a couple years, it actually got acquired by ITC. Shortly thereafter, ITC got acquired by Zywave. The thing that the shipyard and that Smart Harbor team did was it built an amazing network of great people. Uh, Jason Walker is now the president of Agency Revolution. Uh, Cabe Kramer worked with me there. He worked with me then at Agency Zoom, and then he went to Ascend, and now he's at, uh, here at Indium with me. Uh, Zach Yurch is someone who is there. He went on to Forge 3 and then is now at SEMC. So there was a lot of talent there, and I think that was a very great place to learn as like a young person about the whole ecosystem, to learn about networks, to learn about technology, because it was a really nice marketing suite for agencies. We had agencies all over the country. And then all of us kind of grew up and like went all over the country, you know, and continued on to do new and exciting things. So that was like first step. And then I, when Smart Harbor was approaching um, its acquisition, I went to a new insure tech that was actually in the title insurance space, which if we ever feel like there's barriers in PNC insurance, there are so many barriers and complexities and old school behaviors in the title insurance space. So taking a company there from zero to, goodness, I forget, just ridiculous numbers in like 14 months. I wanna say 4.2 million on $10 transactions. It's on my LinkedIn. I can't like, I, I want to say it's close to that is what we did in 14 months um, was really hard, really, really hard. Um, the product didn't have a classification. Um, it wasn't something anyone was using. So it was like educate people on why this is important and then get them using it and then get them booking it. Um, the carriers there actually own the agency management system. So like Old Republic. Um, owns a product called RamQuest there. So it'd be like if Safeco owned Vertifor. So you start mm -hmm. talking about like collaboration and it looks a lot quieter. It happens probably a little more incrementally than it does for us, but it looks a lot quieter and it's always on a carrier schedule. So that was a learning opportunity in the grand scheme of things for me to begin to like figure out what happens when you're the like disruptor and can you be a friendly disruptor? Um, and then that company got acquired. Um, then I went to Agency Zoom. Um, I had met the Agency Zoom guys back when I was at Smart Harbor at a conference. I think like their very first conference they ever went to. Um, one of the co-founders, Tolga, like borrowed slash stole my steamer off my table to just like use it real quick. And he's like erratically running around steaming his booth. And I come back I'm like, where's my steamer? And like, I met Tolga and he's like, oh, I'm so sorry, but I bought you this bottle of water and here's your steamer back. And can I help you with anything? So like, they were nice people, very boisterous and gregarious, like doing a great job at that very first one. And like I said, I was really only gone from PNC for like 14 months. So I came back, talked to them, um, spent more time getting to know Tolga, got to know Mo, and then was with Agency Zoom, um, started as their 
VP of sales, then took over marketing, then took over customer support and success were at the time together. And then we bifurcated those teams to be more intentional with how we helped agencies. And yeah, we had 1200, 1300 agencies when I started, which was a good start. And the guys had put a lot of effort in, not a lot of independence though. And then two years to the day later, we sold to Vertifor and we had 7,600. Um, and the lion's share of which were independent agencies and then stayed on with Vertifor for almost a year. Mm. Um, and that was really great because everyone had this like belief that Vertifor wasn't going to take great care of agency Zoom or like wasn't going to do the work you need in a CRM. They're like, oh, they're going to turn it into an agency management system or they're just going to connect it to their agency management system. I'm like, guys, like, trust me, like none of us are leaving you know, this is now like 18 months ago, but like, you know, right off the get go, like none of us are leaving. We're staying here to make sure it gets landed. Vertifor has the best of intentions for it. It's not backing out of partnerships, even with other agency management systems. Like they really are passionate about having a CRM and certainly like how big does it grow up to be as its own company compared to a product in a very large company is different, but never like dramatically so, you know? Hmm. So stayed on for a year. And then I went to a mastermind event actually on behalf of agency zoom and I'm sitting around, I don't know, probably like 40 or so agencies at this like kind of invite only thing we did in Indianapolis. And that was like one of two vendors that they had there just cause I'm friends with them all. And they, somebody kind of like pulled my leg. They're like, are you ever going to leave Vertifor? I'm like, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm not in a hurry to like, I like it here. There's certain things I don't like. I always like felt like it was kind of lonely in Columbus compared to like how much energy there is in Denver, you know? Um, I'm like, but like, I'm in no hurry. And like the markets are already starting to get scary in the startup space too. So I'm like, the part that I love so much is gonna take a really heavy hit here. It's gonna be really brutal. So I wanna be very attentive with like where I go invest my time and take my people. Hmm. Um, and they kind of just kind of bothered me about it. And they're like, well, what about a network? Like, would you ever like go work at a network? I'm like, absolutely <laughs> not, like not a chance in hell. And they're like, oh, okay, cat. And then they kind of came back to me and they're like, what if it wasn't your like typical network? Like, what if it was kind of weird? And I was like, mm, maybe. And I'm like, what if it was an absolute, am I allowed to say show? Go we for have to edit it. that part out. Go for it. <laughs> Like, um, like, what if it was an absolute show? And I was like, oh, now I'm interested. Now <laughs> oh I'm like, attention. I don't know if that's um, just like sadistic or. It is 100%, 100%. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was in late, like mid to late fall by the time I kind of like ended up like pinging back and forth between the board members and such that were like, cat, hey, uh, hey, cat. <laughs> so like, as I like talked to them more and kind of felt it out, and then I gave the Vertifor team a month's notice because the like continuity and the care and everything we were working on for agency Zoom was still going really fast. So two weeks felt like too fast. Mm -hmm. um, and then I came to uh, Indium at the beginning of November. So mm -hmm. that's been the journey. And like I said, I wouldn't be anywhere that I am without like the people that have been involved either in like mentoring me and me mentoring and learning how to mentor them, friends, like you name it. Like most of the journey is centered around, I've changed roles or courses or some amount of what I've done because a friend sent me a text or somebody like 
mentioned something and said like, I just need help on this. I'm like, well, I'm happy to just help. Like it might have to be like Friday at 7 p.m. But like, I'm happy to help. And it just kind of always unfolds from there. So I would say that's been a lot of the history is having a good initial group of friends and then just continuing to like help agencies talk to carriers and kind of help them see things. I haven't ever been on that side. Um, help networks and then help a lot of technology like firsthand of until Indium like was my day job. So. Mm. Mm. Well, there's there's three reasons I'm really excited about your journey at Indium, which I know is just getting started and I want to talk through that and your vision. Um, one of them is your vision. I've heard you speak on some other podcasts about where you want to take Indium. I'm excited to share that for to the Vertifor um, audience. The, the other reason is you have a deep and profound care for the industry and just for people in general. Um, you're like wicked smart and know your stuff when it comes to technology companies and technology startups, but you don't sacrifice uh, you know, the dollar for, uh, or people for the dollar. And that's a hard, you know, you can have a lot of knowledge and be really intelligent, but at the end of the day, you know, what really defines you is the choices that you make. And I, I've always just been super impressed with, you know, just watching you navigate the transition, et cetera, how you've always put people first. The, the other reason I'm really excited is because, you know, I've gotten to see anytime uh, an acquisition happens, there's, and I remember you saying this, like, I want to stay at Vertifor because I want to see this transition. I want to see what happens with the merging of these two worlds. Um, and watching you navigate that was impressive, but also seeing what agency Zoom was when it came into the Vertifor ecosystem initially was super impressive. And I, you, you know, you you said a lot here. What I want to point out to the audience is you were running at agency Zoom as VP of Revenue, sales, marketing, and customer success. That's a that's a lot and support. That's a lot for one person. And you put your mark on all four areas of that business. Um, Mm -hmm. The attachment that your team had to the company, to the product, to the clients, the you know, processes that you guys put in place, the model that you had built out. There's a lot that we're still learning at Vertifor around that model, right? And and trying to figure out things like e-commerce and, you know, the sales conversations that you guys are having and, you know, yeah. how do we how do we ingest some of these learnings, not just take the product? So right. right. I think agency Zoom and Vertifor ended up being a very good match because the other thing that is really unique about Vertifor is that they're a product like company. So they like mm-hmm. focus on their product so much and agency Zoom didn't have a product team. Mm-hmm. We had like completely democratized our product that our customer success team who was proactively coaching agencies got feedback that sometimes like, I don't want coached on that, I don't care. Or our customer support team got the reactionary feedback of like bugs and very like specific enhancement requests, little steps forward, not the leaps. And our sales team wore our eyes and ears with our marketing team about what was happening in the market and could our product grow and respond that fast. But we did not have really like a formalized product team. We didn't have a product roadmap that was 
documented in the same way that Vertifor does when that is the core competency of how Vertifor runs is like that is the like lead pole that is what the direction that everyone goes to so joining Vertifor and taking not the opposite but like the strength that they have in being product led and then the agility that agency zoom had to be scrappy and have no product but then suddenly bolstering that scrappiness with actual organizational skills and sprints and roadmaps and investment like planning was really really cool to see and it took a while like to figure out because you know vertiforce product team is like we're so excited to have you here welcome 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 like all right what were you guys doing next and we're like well we were gonna do whatever our agency said and vertiforce like we like that but like what about next week and we're like yep next week we're gonna do whatever they say and vertiforce like okay let's start talking about long-term ideas here so it took a little while that like long-term got planned and then long-term started getting enacted but i think a lot of agencies who felt like there wasn't direction mm-hmm. when agency zoom's product first got like acquired just that portion of it um started to see come summer that oh okay things are starting to land really well and i think by the time i left a lot of agencies had a lot of faith in that like agency zoom wasn't going away the people and the style of it wasn't going away and they better understood the bolstering of vertifor's product-led environment to enhance what agency zoom had been mm-hmm. and that was really 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 cool to see mm-hmm. well i uh i know you're not going to give yourself credit for that so thank no. you and kudos for all the work that you did <laughs> over the last six years at agency zoom to build that so that we, you know, when those two worlds merged, I think we both learned from each other. Um, so you've, okay, so so coming back to the story of Kat, you've um, said, no, I'll never work for a network, and then got a <laughs> bug in your ear. And here yeah. we are, you are the CEO of Indium um, mm-hmm. with an amazing track record. Tell us about your vision for the network. Where was it when you first stepped in and where do you want to take it? Um, when I first stepped in, it had been kind of unmanned for a while, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, we had some of our executives had left, which obviously like absence is convenient for me that then like there were that where was that opportunity for me to be there. Um, but there were some pieces to like pick up and catch up on, you know. Um, and then beyond that, we got into um, like, are we a network? are we just market access like what does it mean to be a network because even once you start talking to networks that like on paper would feel very similar there are significant differences you know you talk to somebody who's in keystone and then somebody who's in isu and they're both extremely like strong networks and you could probably say an agency could belong in either one like a great keystone agency would be a great isu agency Hmm. a great isu agency could be a great keystone agency but there's something in the culture of those companies, how much training they do, how do they get together, what is their community really mm-hmm. that drives people to have an affinity for I'm a Keystone agency and I I think like no Keystone agencies have ever left. And ISU like carries a very similar track record of like very rarely has an ISU agency ever left. So they had a presence that allowed agencies to make the right choice when they wanted to join a network. What I didn't find were networks that served a specific type of agency, which I am like excited to have all of our agencies be stuck 
on a plateau where they like fought a pretty hard fight and then lo and behold they ended up a little stuck they're like well I don't know what to do next or I think I'm tired and I need to rest it's like okay like we can offer some amount of like harbor to resting and some like time to like help you get through that or some projects even that help you you know pack up your backpack and take on the next like climbing adventure that you're going to go on like let's start prepping for that even peacefully if we can you know so I'm excited to like serve that group and there was nobody who was serving that group and type of agency with a community and without long-term contracts Mm -hmm. our agencies Mm -hmm. uh renew with us every year and that's like a really cool amount of accountability it's a really big responsibility which it happens in july so i'm very grateful that i like came in in november because i have ten thousand things to do before july and that gives me enough time to be ready um but in the grand scheme of things you know it was super interesting to figure out like what indium was and i think if indium had been a network that helped captive agents go independent i wouldn't have been interested you know it's not that that's not a noble cause but it's very much you make an agency in a box and you like set them on the best course with the least variables and you just say like stay laser focused and like go 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 and you're like their cheerleader which is awesome and again there's nothing at all wrong with that but like that's not my style like i'm a happy friendly person i would say but like i'm not a cheerleader like even when i was just a sales manager there were sales managers who were better like hype men to their people and like had more personality than I did. Um, so I knew that wasn't what we wanted to do. And I, I'm like, all right, so 15 years and like getting you started agency in a box isn't what we're doing. And then you have ones that work with like really, really large agencies and it's part of their acquisition strategy of like, who do they acquire? And I'm like, okay, I, I don't want to do that. Like I really truly believe in these like hometown heroes that continue to like serve their communities with like high integrity and have amazing staffs. I think that's something else I like about Indium agencies is they all have teams. Like they're, it's not, it's very rarely like a duo. A lot of them even have like first time or second time managers. So like, I love building that culture. So to take the skills and the things I love to do and then to take that out to what is right now, like 300 members, it just felt like the right people. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, to like play with a little bit of a business case of if you actually invest in these agencies that are through perpetuation plans or change or carrier access or technology stuck or all of the above stuck. If you get them unstuck, but you only ask for them to stick with you a year the business case is like, can you actually build loyalty and long-term affinity that who cares if it's a year? Like it's not, it's 10 years, you know, like I have a lot of people that I was friends with. You can stop being friends with anyone, I guess any day of the week, you know, but I've been friends with them for 10 years or 20 years, you know? Mm. So that's kind of the business case that we're playing with, with Indium. And what appealed to me was the problem that other networks have solved very specifically to meet the needs of their membership, you know, mm-hmm. that we have either not solved out of like lack of interest in doing so or lack of preparation. And it gave me almost, even though it wasn't like a win, it gave me a clean slate that I could start from and decide like, all right, I don't have anybody that hates me that has 10 more years on their contract. You know, like 
if you don't like this in a year or from November to July, like, all right, mm. Mm. there's the door. Like you can go. <laughs> like, and like, and it's been fun that we've had some people that have already come along for the ride. Like we already have people that are like, Hey, you're here or, Oh my God. I like know Lindsay Wallace. Her mom's Carrie Wallace. I'm in North Carolina. I didn't know who Indium was, you know, like mm-hmm. we have a lot of agencies that are exactly what I was excited about serving coming out of the woodwork and saying you guys being a network, but not a network because it's annual and because it's meant to be more consultative in the training and the adaptation of how you serve us. Like I'm actually interested, like mm-hmm. I'll, I'll talk about that, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'd love to keep most of our teams. I don't know if we will to a T, you know, I think there'll be some people that are like, I really just wanted Indium for the market access portion of the network and like Kat, you and all your consultative nonsense can go to hell. Like I don't want to do that. So I'm sure I'll have some people that are like grumpy and been like that woman is nosy and intrusive. Um, and that's okay. Like, and maybe they wouldn't be served in some of the networks that are more low key and like, here are your carriers, here are your subcodes. If you need us, call us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's kind of like what we're, that's what drew me to Indium was the like ambiguity and some of the ambiguity, like I said, was like to the average person, like a problem. And to me, it was an opportunity to course correct and do something new. And some of the ambiguity was just a clean slate. Mm-hmm. So I think as I, as I listened to, you know, the, the vision that you have, there's two things that stood out to me. One is uh, you have a high, the model has a high degree of integrity, which is not really, you know, if I think about capitalism, sometimes there's some manipulative practices that, you know, occur (laughs) where we're taking advantage of certain things, you know, whether that's uh, just, you know, personality types or people's tendency to look at certain, you know, text on pages, we're making it smaller, whatever it is, right? That may be just a, a brief example. And then there's even more, I would say, uh, uh, unseen manipulation that you, you almost don't realize until you're in the model itself. Mm-hmm. This model has a very high degree of integrity where there's a lot of checks and balances and accountability. What why I think that, you know, from an investor's standpoint, what I think that, that you know, could be missed is, well, it's it, sometimes the faster road or shorter road is to use manipulation to get people to do what you want. You know, mm-hmm. whether that's telling half truths or getting into long contracts or whatever it is. Right. What, but the thing is, it, the, the insurance industry is a very unique ecosystem in that, mm-hmm. And I was just on the phone with Dana Pascali, who's our VP of product management. She went to One City World Tour. She was like, Sid, I've, ne- I've been to hundreds of conferences in my career. I've, she's worked in software technologies, startup to GE, you know, been to all kinds of different conferences, said, I've never been to a conference like that, where people, business owners were sharing what they were doing with each other and actually mm-hmm. wanted to help each other. And mm-hmm. so I think it's worthwhile to know that environment and, and you know, tailor the model to the environment as opposed to assuming uh, well, you know, we'll just we'll just use the same model that we've used in other verticals, right? Right. So I think that's one. The other, I love that you use the word stuck because I think what the, the typical assumption is: well, if someone's stuck, they want to be stuck. They're old. They, you know, they're just they want to go golfing. There, mm-hmm. there's a willful stuck there. I, I don't think 
most agencies want to be stuck. I think they just don't know how to get unstuck. And I think they got stuck and then they like kind of like in a sand trap environment, you know, or like quicksand. And then they just got exhausted and then they kind of just like stood there and like unfortunately couldn't get unstuck and like starved to death. Like no one came and pulled them out. No one came and brought them like a sandwich in water and was like, hold still, like just give it a moment, (laughs) hold still, get your strength up. And then like, I don't know if you actually know how to get out of quicksand, you like swivel your leg, like swivel your leg. How do you know this? No one, no one came. I had an irrational fear of quicksand for a while, so I had to let it out. Um, really irrational. But, like, no one came along and ever taught them. So they did get to a point, whether it was because of a network that they were in that they had a bad experience or a carrier, they weren't in a network and they lost a carrier or they changed technology too soon or too late or they had a perpetuation plan and then the person changed their mind or even like tragic and like awful things happen in agencies too, you know, like some large company goes out of a town and then suddenly Main Street America looks so different than what it did in the 80s by the late 90s, you know, Mm -hmm. like in 10 years, your city can change through no fault of your own. Mm -hmm. So like, I think there's a lot of people that got stuck and like pre getting stuck, they were already like learning and trying to figure it out. And maybe they'd made a really good run at it. And then all of a sudden they were stuck in something they couldn't get out of. And they didn't know how and they like just exhausted themselves to a point that they're like they i don't want to say they've even thrown in the towel they're just really really tired you know mm-hmm. and it's easier to just say i'm stuck i think they like would even attribute it occasionally and say like hey i'm kind of stuck like i can't get my mom or dad out of the business mm. and I don't want to because I don't want to hurt their feelings, but I don't know how to otherwise run the business on a daily basis when mom and dad or aunt and uncle or grandma or grandpa even come in once a week and they won't change technology because the last time they changed technology, they barely got out alive. Like they barely got unstuck. And now I'm stuck because of that, you know, or I'm stuck because of this or I'm stuck because of that. I think some of them get really tired rather than fight it. They may be like, say like i'm gonna stand here conserve some energy and wait until i can get unstuck Mm. i think there's something in our ecosystem and i think a network fits this like where you have your agencies on one point of a triangle you have your technology partners and you have your carriers on another point of the triangle i think your networks and aggregators and even associations again like it's about like what are people committed to you with um can serve in the middle as a way to like help you get passionate and help you be more informed and realize you can get unstuck Mm -hmm. when you like have the strength to be unstuck now or we can if you do not have the strength we can lend you the strength like we can bring you the sandwich we can bring you the water we can bring you the knowledge to swivel your leg and like get unstuck you know um and that's where i think like networks do fit and I think networks all have a future and then to your point it's just like how much trust and it's not just manipulation but like how much trust can you earn on the way into that relationship um that who like how stuck of a person can you help and we're in this position that we can help really really stuck people because setting up and starting a relationship with us isn't scary you know Mm -hmm. it's not 15 years it's not 10 years it's not 60 percent of your book of business moving into a subcode there's i don't want to say no rules there are some rules um most of them are around like adopting change and being part of the community and like serving as a good member um 
but aside from that, there's just like not a lot, you know, and that I think helps people who are second generation or stuck on technology or stuck with their carriers feel like, all right, like the person who's like pulling me out here, handing me the bottle of water, giving me this knowledge isn't then going to just lead me to another place that I get stuck. Mm-hmm. And instead of it being this like patch of quicksand, it's another patch of quicksand that they knew was there all along that I can't get out of. You know, I think there's a lot of trust around that. And I think it allows us to help a different type of agency that's stuck. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm excited for what's to come with with Indium. Um, And I know that one of your or a part of your model's competitive advantage is that technology piece, that third Mm -hmm. corner of the triangle. So what in in, you know, Part, part of this conversation is the agency's tech suite and kind of how you guys are helping there and, and the integration that you're providing with Indium. Um, and then part of it is Indium's tech stack. Like that's sort of the foundation. So maybe we start there with what, I mean, you've got a wealth of knowledge on technology. I'm you know, curious on what does that foundation look like? Um, yeah. Where'd you make those investments? And then how are you helping agencies as well? Yeah. So sitting in that middle ground of the triangle, we were using Salesforce and we were like very much struggling because our instance of Salesforce was insurance specific, but it had been long ago acquired and sunset. And we were even on version one, like version two had been sunset. And we were one of the two last companies on version one. Um, So it like, we had no downloads. So like when I'm sitting in the middle between carriers and agencies, and we have a market access team that is a multi-million dollar internal agency that when someone just comes to us and is like, I can't maintain even a traveler subcode, but I need your help, we can do that. So like in that technology carrier agency, like service and middle ground, we could do it, but we couldn't track it for profitability to prove my business case does matter in a capitalistic society. I couldn't track it well, like I couldn't prove could I execute on it? Yes. Could I prove that it was a real business model that like made $3 signs instead of $1 sign or $4 signs or was something that we could add more people and more complexity into? Like couldn't prove it. Mm-hmm. So that was like one problem. We were also using Salesforce to manage our membership. And then by managing our membership in our Salesforce instance, we were trying to look at what direct carriers they had that were underperforming in a direct environment no contingencies, no overrides, no bonuses, because then we could go get appointed with those carriers and then we could aggregate it and we could move those agencies who were underperforming, had a sales leader, you know, a regional territory manager banging on their door monthly to do more, do more. We can move them somewhere that aggregated together. We could get subcodes. We could get uh, contingencies and overrides and all that stuff from it. Uh, Same with technology. We could, in our Salesforce instance, look at what technology the agencies were using to go back to the technology partners and say, listen, like 20% of our agency base or 30% of our agency base is using your technology. Can we co-op this? Can we do more? Can we put a library of content into this to bolster the offering that you have? And again, like Salesforce was just falling short on that. We were asking it, we were asking a very old version of it to do more than we should have and it, same thing like there it was just falling short and when it's falling short on managing technology on behalf of our agencies and managing carriers on behalf of our agencies it's really taking out two legs of my three-legged stool of my little triangle here and like it just wasn't working so 
Um, we, in the first two weeks of me being here, because our accountant was going on maternity leave, her due date was like, I think 17 days from my first day. Like her due date was right before Thanksgiving and her like induction date, all of it um, was like right there. We made the decision in two weeks to move our 300 agencies, our 3000 users, um, our whole internal operation off of Salesforce into HubSpot for our member management to better track direct code performance, subcode performance, and technology adoption of our members and our co-op program that we're like releasing next week um, and like telling our members about. And then our agency operations, our actual internal, someone comes to us for help um, and all of our commission and reconciliation for that went to AMS 360. And then we're working with Synatic to actually build a bridge between the two that we're able to connect how much business someone puts in our internal agency with travelers into HubSpot. And then after it gets to a certain number, it triggers to our membership team to go to that agency and say, hey, you have enough business that we take care of for you, but you actually could earn a traveler subcode now. Or hey, your subcode is doing really well and you could have a direct contract. Cause that's the other cool thing about Indium. Our agencies can move between those three relationships per carrier at any time they want. So if you come to us and you initially like need Chubb, let's say you're gonna insure Mark Cuban, man crush. Mark Cuban, if you listen to Sid's podcast, call me, man. Um, <laughs> that would be awesome. I would be so hyped. Um, <laughs> so like, let's say you're insuring an affluent, like, you know, person you need Chubb and you're like, I rarely need this. But then all of a sudden that person starts referring to you and that person starts referring to you. And you go from like Indium placing it for you much more like wholesale and like a brokerage environment to, I actually have enough with you guys now. I think I would like a Chubb subcode. Like I'd like to be on Chubb's radar at least a little bit. We will move your internal business into your subcode. And then if you get to killing it with my loss ratio, I'm killing it with my growth ratio. I want to get invited to Chubb's event at the St. Regis. It looks really, really nice. But I can do that when we are like landlocked with our technology, but switch out for member manager insights and the actual data and the downloads for that to manage our members business that we're custodians of. Um, that has been, we're not done with it, but that has been like instrumental in us being able to like drive forward and prove that this model can work mm. so so i love that you well, lots of fun <laughs> i was gonna say you man that is i would be 14 days 14 days Sid. <laughs> 14 days and we it's not like we only went with vertifor like i do want to yeah. clear the air on that um vertifor almost lost out on that war there is another platform that like a lot of networks are using um, but, and it probably like lends kind of into our debate and me being a wacky person. And this team knows that I had a very like honest heart to heart with them. Um, they said that they're a CRM and an AMS. And I said, your CRM is awful and does not meet my expectations because I'm a psycho. I'm a sales leader that has grown up through InsureTech. And my expectations of a CRM, having used one for a decade, having built one for three years in multiple environments now, like, Nope, not good enough. So take that off the table. 
I'm like, let's talk about your AMS against AMS 360s. And it didn't like, it wasn't going to stack up then, you know, but like we looked at the two big ones. We looked at this network specialized one that said, we're all in one. We're an AMS, we're a CRM. You can do everything, 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 everything. I'm like, no, you can't. Um, and like, we did all of that. We did all of our accounting stuff to make sure because we do have really complex accounting to pay out our members um, on that like custodian book that we're doing wholesale and everything for. Like we did all of that in 14 days, mm-hmm. my first 14 days. Like I got an email login and essentially just started like burning Rome to the ground. So yeah, and and now we're, we're pretty close. I think we're gonna launch out to our members our like current goal is in is May 1st. That way they'll have the new like experience to see in May and June. And then they can say like, I love this new experience or like, Kat, I do think you're wackadoodle and like, <laughs> I'm out, man, I'm really out. <laughs> I'd be, I'd be uh, hard pressed, I think, to find a network that's doing as much with technology as you guys are doing. But it's also no surprise because they have a CEO that has so much experience with technology. So let me ask this for those listening who are wading through the the chaos of CRM and AMS. And the, the reason this is so weird is because insurance has vertical-based software, which is unique, right? Because of our independent model, we've got agencies and the the you know di- bifurcated distribution model. We're using technology to, to connect, right? But in other verticals, you buy a CRM, you, mm-hmm. you plug in some you know, VoIP system, e-signature, whatever, you're off to the races. Your CRM mm-hmm. is your source of truth. Mm-hmm. It keeps that, you know, in, and in terms of source of truth, it keeps performance metrics, it keeps client metrics, and you're good to go. Mm-hmm. Not the same in insurance. Mm-hmm. And no. so to, to just like add to the complexity of owning an insurance agency as if it wasn't hard enough, <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah. Now we've got. I think like the thing that I also have come across with working with the agencies more and being an additional middle layer, um, our industry, like the people that we both serve, like said, like whether it's on Vertifor or Indium is the agencies, Mm -hmm. but the agencies are also glorified salespeople. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that, that that's like their personality, but when you look at the distribution of in the actual insurance product, they are salespeople. Mm-hmm. They are selling on behalf of the carriers. Sure, some of them are independent, some of them are captive, but they are the sales arm to the carrier, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that a lot of them also do the service work because they're that great of salespeople and they're more authentic and they want to be connected. It's really cool that like they do sales and account management and service quite mm-hmm. frequently, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that adds to the complexity of why we have the responsibility as an industry to be salespeople, but not have just a CRM. We have to have an agency management system. And then for my own salespeople in my own business, like if I'm running my agency more as a business than just a large sales org, you know, I then also have to have a CRM. There's like multiple layers where the like storyline doesn't jive and it doesn't line up it's like well if i'm just a big salesperson for like nationwide i'm just a distribution thing for nationwide like why can't i just have a crm mm-hmm. and it's like it's actually because the crm you would need is nationwide crm 
and the CRM you would need is Traveler's CRM because you are selling for them and selling for Safeco and selling for Chubb and all the different, you know, organizations. And I think that's where then the agency management system comes in is it translates our industry and the position an agency holds as sales distribution Mm -hmm. from different carriers. Like an agency management system converts many CRMs into one spot where you can do the administrative functions only. Mm. I mean, some have it like layered on additionally great things, but like truthfully, like the administrative functions only of a CRM. You can see what producer is assigned to what policy and what customer. You can see how you're supposed to be paying things out. But because they have to translate so many languages, and Ivan certainly like helped normalize that, but when we first started with agency management systems, that wasn't true yet. You know, and downloads came along later and it helped. And we've seen AMSs pop up since that have been acquired, like QQ or Easy Links going into Applied. We've seen others that have come forth since downloads have an easier path to success and be able to do more quickly. But your incumbents, like AMS 360 that's been around for years, its real original job was to translate nationwide language and Safeco language and Traveler's language and Chubb language as much as they could gather across every carrier in the country and get it to a sales team in just an administratively simple, straightforward way, you know? And then that lost sight of what now the world has transferred into around customer experiences and like what does a CRM also become? Like Mm -hmm. the bar for CRM has gone up. The complexity from carriers has also adjusted. I don't want to say it's gone up or down, but it's adjusted. So like because all of these things are moving, AMSs couldn't become CRMs and we couldn't just drop a CRM into the responsibility of an AMS either because there is a true necessity to Mm -hmm. translation and administration of being an independent agency, you know, or having our independent ecosystem. Mm-hmm. I, I think that adds to the confusion, you know? It does. I think you did a really good job of putting a lot of history into context there. And one word that, and I, th- I want to say you introduced this to me. I can't bl- remember if it was you or if it was somebody at the Atomic when I was there, but this idea of a source of truth. So every system that you have, you know, either you're going to have a setup where you've got all these different islands or you're mm-hmm. going to have a setup where you connect all the islands and really you see one system as the main uh what would i how would i describe this it's the it's the you know think of the apis as the highways right like this is where all that data sits it's the data lake it's the data mm-hmm. warehouse it's right and so i think that's a new concept for agencies because we've we call it the agency management system it should be able to not just hold the data that an agency creates but do anything that an agency needs and while it still holds the data it doesn't do everything an agency needs today right right and you can't here's the thing too is like and thinking of it as like a data lake and thinking of like, why are they even called data lakes? You can't do everything with the lake water at the point of source. You know, mm-hmm. like you can't have the lake water cooling a nuclear core. You can't drink out of it. You can't cook with it. You can't wash your butt with it and expect everything to work well. Like the last thing you want to do is drink 
nuclear like wastewater, wipe your butt with that, and then like also expect everything to be a okay ten years down the road. So like, I think the expectation that you still have to like keep your initial source of data clean mm-hmm. and like well um, connected, but you have to take it out and go use it somewhere else. Like you take it out and you put it in a water tower you take Mm -hmm. it out and you use it at the nuclear facility but then it sits there for years and years and years before you ever like would put it back in the lake like there has to be intention behind it and you have to protect that water you know Mm -hmm. that data in that lake and i think that's what a lot of agencies um they're like colonists where they're like i don't know why everybody got dysentery and you're like really (laughs) you don't like well, you were uh, pooping a little close to where you drank your water. Like, that's probably why, you know? And I think they had like expectations as they wanted to do more. And as like our industry evolved, just like as society evolved, where they're like, I want to do more with this data. I want to do more with this water. I want to do more with my lake. And you're like, carefully, carefully, please. And like, that's where the agency management system environment has sat. And some of them have gone and like dug a second lake, you know, like our really big agencies do have their own data lakes. And then the agency management system pours into that, you know, acts more as a tributary. Um, but many of our agencies, that's unnecessarily complex and they don't quite understand why yet they can't just use their AMS for everything. And you're like, mm-hmm. you're going to hurt something in the lake. Like you're mm-hmm. not going to have your fish anymore. You're not going to be able to drink the water. You shouldn't bathe with the water. Like something's going to happen to it if you expect it to do everything. Mm-hmm. So like preserve it, treat it, conserve it like be a like a steward of it and like do good things with it and then take it out and use it where you need to and put back what you can you don't have to put back everything though like please don't put the toilet water back like leave that alone you know your analogies are so on point today i just (laughs) just a plus plus i I Um, woke up and listened to really old music today so i'm like definitely in a like historic (laughs) throwback vibe (laughs) i love it um yeah i think for those listening like and we didn't we didn't record a podcast on this previously which i wish we would have because kat and i have been in like heated debates about what you call each of these things and what the future is Mm -hmm. and doesn't you know do they become one tool because there are tools out there that act as or say they act as both a crm and ams right so is that the future like how do these what is the evolution going to be and i think what what you had said uh, ultimately was said the a- agency management system in the insurance industry is the CRM. Like as you would know it outside of the industry, it is yeah. the CRM. And I very passionately disagreed with you on that a year ago, but I have now changed my tune and I agree that <laughs> you know the AMS really is the CRM and that's why it's so confusing. Yeah. Um, and yeah. and the CRM, and that's why you know Agency Zoom was marketed as a sales enablement tool or a service center, because mm-hmm. uh, we already have a CRM in the insurance industry, which is the AMS. And so you then have to, from a you know nomenclature perspective, you got to call the CRM something else because you can't call it CRM one and CRM two. That just won't make any right. sense. Yeah, no. Well, and you so. have to like meet your agencies where they are. Like some agencies will never be big enough that they need a data lake Mm -hmm. that they need to have an agency management system that is also a very strong main market crm they could just have a pretty like easy straightforward one you know Um, and they may not need a sales enablement tool 
i.e. when they hear then a sales enablement tool, they're like, I don't need a CRM. And you're like, but there's CRM responsibilities that like float mm-hmm. around in between the two. Like you carry the same bucket of water back and forth. You, the bucket carries both though, you know, like, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, I don't, I don't know. Like, I think that's where it gets hard is them understanding at a certain scale um, and hearing, I mean, it's a nice thing that our industry is more open to external things, like things outside of insurance, and we're holding ourselves more accountable to that. But to, yeah, get stuck between, truthfully speaking, our agency management systems are our CRMs. For 90% of our agencies, they are your data lake. And then you have to decide if you want an employee enablement tool to make sure your employees are not drinking, bathing, doing weird things too close to the lake, like too close to the CRM. And that's what you have to decide. Like, are we doing so much stuff that we are gonna pollute our lake if we act too close to it? I.e. we need sales enablement and service enablement and an employee enablement place. Um, do our Does our team complain about walking back and forth to the lake? Are they like, it's really hard, it's uphill both ways, I don't like this. And you're like, oh my Christ. You're like, all right, we'll get you a tool. We'll like do an employee enablement tool that improves the quality of your life and it'll improve the quality of our business, you know? But I think that's where people get stuck to your point mm-hmm. is what's happening in the outside world versus what's happening in our world and their need of CRM, which is it? Their need of a data lake, do I have it at all or is it my CRM? And if I have a CRM that is also my data lake, do I need sales enablement? Do I need employee enablement? Like they get stuck there. You know, they're like, I don't know, I'm stuck. And then that's where pain in the butt people like uh, some crazy woman here uh, come along and like have networks or have aggregators and have associations and you name it. And hopefully they're starting to hear and have more one-on-one conversations or even hearing, like you said, you and Dana went to One City World Tour and hearing from their peers like, hey, I'm big enough that I can't have all of my people write out my data lake and write out my true CRM and my AMS. I need to take them a little further away from the shoreline and put them somewhere that they are safe and not hurting themselves nor hurting anyone else, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Kat, thank you so much for coming uh, (laughs) onto this podcast. I really appreciate it. And for agencies out there listening, if you're feeling stuck, if you know somebody who's stuck, honestly, if you're just interested in being a part of a new community, that is, you know, has a high degree of integrity, that's focused on innovation, that really truly cares about making, or I should say, keeping the independent agent competitive in this digital world where we've got Tesla selling insurance now and Amazon getting into healthcare and all kinds of crazy stuff. You would not be remiss to go check out Indium, talk to Kat, talk to the team, see what they're all about. Um, And even if you're not ready yet, you know, keep your eyes open. Uh, around what they're doing. I know they're growing their team, you know, really quickly here. So big things to come. Kat, thank you so much. Thank you. It was fun. Like I said, 18 months later, real friends, mutual mentors. I love it. It was very fun. And 100% happy to make time for agencies that are anywhere in the process. You know, we're working with teams that are 300 million. We're working with agencies that are in top 50 in the country. We're working with agencies that just hired their first two or three producers too. And like they got stuck on their very first plateau and they're trying to get out of the quicksand and get past it. And they're like getting ready for the next thing. So no matter what, like happy to talk, we can decide later if Indium is what makes sense, but just very 
grateful to our industry and very appreciative in a way that I want to always make sure I have time and can give back. So I love it. I love it. Awesome. If you haven't hit the subscribe button on Channel Orange, hit the button. If you haven't checked us out on Apple, Spotify, Google, we're on every platform, Stitcher, you name it. I don't know why there are so many today, but hit subscribe and those episodes will be delivered to your inbox as soon as you, as soon as they're released. All right, guys, see you soon.